What's up, everyone? I'm Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. Before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast here with another interview, Alan Hidalgo, and he teaches people how to make six figures with Uber or Lyft without driving a car. Alan, what's going on, man? Hey, man. What's up, Brady? How are you? Doing great, my man. Thanks for coming on. So before we dive into your journey and how it plays a role into the whole foundation of the podcast itself. I always ask this first question. What is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? Dumbest purchase I ever made. Um, probably like maybe, okay. So when I first started making like six figures, I was pretty young. I think I was like 19 and I went and got this brand new Mercedes Benz that I didn't need at the time. And it depre- it was brand new and depreciated right away. And I ended up getting in a car accident with that car. Having to sell it, lost a lot of money on it. It just was a bad purchase at the time. I think I should have been more thinking about stacking some money up before just doing that. So maybe that. Yeah, I think it's a good one, man. I think like a common theme among people that I talk to that are younger and they start making a lot of money is they don't know how to manage that money because they're not used to having that much money in their account. So they're like, oh, Mercedes, new car, new clothes, new whatever, I'm going to spend the money on it. But I I find that as people get older, and you kind of have to make those dumb purchases to learn. You you have to fail in a sense with your personal finances. It's just cool the way people change over time. I mean, I'm only 23. And even back in college when I was bartending, not making any money, to now, the way I spend has changed a ton. And of course I'm married now too. So, you know, I really have to be aware of what I'm spending money on and what I'm not spending money on. So it's just really cool to see how that changes, but I really want to dive into you and your business. So how in the hell (laughs) can people make money with Uber Lyft without even driving a car? That makes zero sense to me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let me, I guess I can just talk about how I got started with that first. Yeah, let's do it. That's so I went to LSU, which is a huge football school. Uh, we just won the championship this year, baby. So was pretty excited about that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I grew up mainly in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, which, is a, which is the capital city of the state of Louisiana. It's a college town, LSU, like I said. Whenever I was going – so whenever I left high school, um, I had pretty much – I had a pretty decent scholarship. Um, I had pretty decent GPA when I was in high school. So I ended up getting like 80% of my college tuition paid for, never had any student loans or any student debt, fortunately, thank God. And uh, so what I did was I went, uh, I was, okay, so my freshman year, right, is kind of when I first started getting interested, more very serious and interested into entrepreneurship. I had my own, my very first business actually when I was 12 years old and did some side hustles in high school and middle school. But didn't really see, didn't really see entrepreneurship as a path that could actually be 
how I would live the rest of my life. I never saw it like that. I actually wanted to go to school to be a corporate lawyer. I was thinking I was going to go and be, or be an accountant and get an MBA or something like that. Well, freshman year, basically, um, like I said, most of my tuition was paid, but I still had bills and expenses. And I knew for a fact I did not want to get a normal job like all my other friends that I was in college with. They were all bartending. They were all doing things like that. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted to do something where I'd still have time for my school and everything, and I'd be able to sit back and make money. So I started getting creative with how to make money. I started selling things around campus. Long story short, whenever I was a freshman, uh, Uber was actually becoming really trendy as a way to go and make your own money and have like your own set schedule that you make and you'd start making money and start making income and it was pretty like consistent and quick. So I looked into it. I had a used car at the time that was a perfect car to put on Uber. Um, I barely used this car because I lived on campus and it was sitting in my garage all the time. So I basically went, signed up for Uber, okay, as a freshman in college, signed up for Uber. Um, and basically gave it a shot, started doing it, rolled on my sleeves. And I would say within a few weeks of really learning my city and really learning the science behind Uber, because there is a science behind maximizing profits on Uber. And that's what I mastered. Um, I started making anywhere from three to $500 a day net profit driving, uh, in my area. And I would do this four or five days a week whenever I was in, uh, whenever I wasn't in my classes. And I do a lot of the like college football games and I make a lot of money with things like that. So long story short, I did that probably four or five months and then it hit me. I was like, wait, if I stop driving this car, I stop, I stopped making this income. That really sucks because I realized that I was basically trading my time for money. Like, right. yeah, I make my own schedule, but if I wasn't driving the car and picking up people, I wasn't going to make any money that day. Right. So then I started thinking, a light bulb went in my head. I was like, what if I could convince someone else to take my car? They could go out, do the same thing that I've been doing the last four or five months, and I have them drive for me. They get a percentage, and we split it, and I basically would get paid while someone else was driving my car. So that idea came into my head. It kind of worked out. Brady, because I had a friend, uh, his name was Chris, and I had a friend at the time that was going to college with me too. He was in a lot of student loan debt. He wasn't financially in a good position. Um, he lived on campus. He didn't have a car, right? So this was a kid that was like a party animal. He wasn't too responsible, right? One of my friends, frat bros kind of thing. And basically, I told him, I was like, hey, how about you go take my car that's sitting in my garage I'm going to tell you exactly what routes, the science behind everything I figured out with Uber. You go and drive, and then you could use my car for whatever other small little things you need to do here and there, errands and stuff. And he thought it was a phenomenal idea, dude, because he didn't want to get a normal job either, and he didn't want to deal with, like, serving people and, and being, like, a, a bartender or a waiter or anything like that. Right. So, basically, I gave him my car. He went out, started driving. Uh, did the same thing. He didn't make as much money as me in the beginning. It took him a few weeks of doing what I told him to do, but eventually he was hitting the three to five hundred dollar a day numbers that that I was that I had originally hit. And once once he started doing that, well, we, when we first started, I had agreed to do a fifty fifty split with him. So he would go do all the driving. We'd chip in together gas and stuff, and basically we'd split it. So I was making probably like. 
200 bucks on a low day, 300 bucks on a really good day, profit per day, just sitting in my dorm room, not doing anything, literally, like having someone else do all the work, right? He was making the same amount, but he was the one doing all the work. But the thing is, I was supplying the car and I had the capital and the stuff like that, the infrastructure, I had the science. So right. it's kind of like I, you know, he, he didn't see nothing wrong with the system that I was running, if that made sense. It was a win-win. Basically, I had realized that I was able to make, you know, all this money, uh, and, you know, not a lot of money, but still it was a good income to be a college student just sitting in your dorm, having someone else do all the work. And from there, I basically thought like, okay, this is cool. I'm doing it with just one car. That's great. But like, what if I could turn this into a real business, like a real transportation business? What if I could, what if I could do this a set with a second car, with a third car, fourth car, fifth car? And so that's exactly what I did, dude. I went, created a system in my marketplace, uh, found a very efficient way to find and hire people in my area uh, that would be willing to drive my cars for me. I was hiring people that didn't have capital. They didn't have credit to go and get a car. They didn't have a lot of cash. They're basically people that were in bad financial situations that wanted a second chance in life. And I started hiring people like that, using job ads and stuff like that, and saying, hey, I'm going to give you this car. You go, this is, I'm going to teach you the science behind Uber. You go and drive. You do, you do the driving, and then we're going to split it. And I actually do a 60-40 split now. But I turned it into a real business just in the same way that people own 18-wheelers and these 18-wheelers are doing loads and there's truck drivers. I'm essentially doing the same thing with Uber and Lyft, only that it's like way less liability. And I think it's better. Um, I'm turning car, used cars basically into daily ATMs. Uh, and one cool thing about it that I would say separates me from all the people out there in the so I see so many young entrepreneurs that are buying into e-commerce, Amazon, Forex, you know, MLMs, cryptos, and all those things are good in their own way. But at the same time, my, my differentiating factor is the fact that if you start, you know, my business, which is an Uber fleet, starting your own uh, Uber taxi company, essentially, it's the only model out there that you really see where you don't have to do any marketing research you don't have to take any of the risk of starting you know facebook ads or any of those different online things that everyone in the digital space is doing with my business as soon as i take a car and put it on the uber app and have a driver we start making cash flow literally like the same day right away it's very consistent uber and lyft are sending us all the customers we're not having to market our fleet or market our business we're literally just fulfilling orders for uber right um so i did that right i took it from my first car i have 13 cars now uh, that basically run around new orleans and baton rouge um that are doing this model that i told you and uh it's a great business dude like on the low end um my cars will do about three or four grand net profit a month each car each car in the fleet and uh, on a regular month, I would say four or $5,000 profit per month per car. And I have 13, right? Uh, that's, that's what I can expect uh, as far as numbers. And so, can you still hear me? 
Yep. I don't know why it cut out. Okay, on my phone it cut out. So yeah, the numbers are pretty good in it, dude. It's a pretty stable business. Um, I actually started, uh, in addition to that, I started my own program slash course on it last year, and I could jump into that too. Um, but basically, I have over 60 plus students um, all over the United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, and South South and Central America that are doing the same model that I, that I learned. Um, and a lot of my students are making six figures at this point with just two or three cars. Yeah, I, that's really interesting business model. I mean, I never heard of anything like that. And it almost seems like you know, the, the first thing I, I think when you're telling me about it is it's kind of bulletproof, like, but I do have questions. So yeah, you know, you have 13 cars, so you own the cars or your business owns the cars. Yeah. How heavily do you vet the people that are essentially driving these cars for you? Extremely, extremely. extremely. That's, so here's the thing about my business. So let's say in the same, okay, let's say like e-com. In e-com, the most vital thing for a successful e-com is what you're selling, so your product, mm -hmm. and then your marketing, right? Your Facebook ads. That's literally like if you don't have those things in check, you're going you're gonna to fail. In my business, the biggest thing is having reliable, good drivers, right? Right. That's making or breaking for this business. It's a great business if you have – good drivers. It's a terrible business if you don't have good drivers. So what I did was, dude, dude I came up with an in semi program. I saw it to all my students. It is a system that is so like strategic as far as making sure you hire the right person for your vehicle that the chances of you having failure with it are extremely low. But essentially what I do is I hire people that are above a certain age. I hire people with very clean driving records uh, I hire people that don't have any serious criminal, like anything in their criminal past. I bet all those different things. I also look for people that are basically, I, I judge someone based on their characters. So I look to see how hardworking they are. I look to see how they react to the opportunity. And what I do is instead of positioning this as an employee boss relation, I pitch my whole thing as a partnership. So I say, hey, look, I'm going to supply the car. I'm going to supply all this stuff. You're going to go and take my car. A lot of the people I hire, keep in mind, they don't have a car. Right. So I'm giving them the opportunity to now have a car without having crash, without having credit, without having to basically qualify for all the things you normally have to qualify to go and get a car. Um, and I'm giving them the ability to work and do something where they're still going to have some sort of like schedule. I set schedule for them. But I make sure that, you know, they feel like they're doing something where they have some sort of freedom. And what I do do it is uh, I know that my drivers aren't going to stay with me for years. My average driver will stay with me, I would say, anywhere from six months to a year um, on average, which is fine, though, because I'm always rotating. I always have new people in the market to rotate from. So it doesn't matter. I basically position my offer in a way where it's like training wheels for them to go and do something else. Right. So I don't have too many issues, dude. Um, I ran into a few issues hiring people, but that was in the very beginning when I wasn't, when I didn't learn how to hire good people. But yeah, dude, I mean, I have a, uh, I have a long series of questionnaires for these people. I do background checks. We do every single thing you can possibly think of because at the end of the day, they're taking one of my cars and it's a, it's a liability. It's, it's a yeah. But uh, yeah, I have a really good system, dude, now to where I don't have any issues. Yeah, I think that's key there too because, I mean, just like you said, your, your business is only as good 
as the drivers, essentially the drivers suck, then your business is going to keep going downhill. But like I said before, this podcast is all about, you know, struggles. So it seems like you've had a lot of success. You've scaled this pretty heavily. What are you struggling with right now? Cause I, I understand you probably want to scale this even bigger than 13 cars, but what is holding you back? What struggles are you incurring? Uh, I would say the time management. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, this business is a really good business for someone who wants to focus and go all in on it. I mean, you, the, the amount of money you can make it with it is ridiculous. It's also the most stable income, the most stable money I've ever. So I've done many different businesses, right? This is the only business. Uh, I have a marketing agency too. I've invested a lot of money into what I've made with my fleet and marketing into like Airbnb rentals. I own ATMs. I do a lot of other things outside of it, but as far as being a good business to like build a base of cash flow, like I could not think of a better business than the Uber fleet model that, that I created for the average person out there who doesn't know what they want to do, who doesn't want to take the risk of marketing for an e-com store or try to trade the markets and all those different things that people are doing. To me, it's literally the, the best place to go. But where I'm at now is I want to go to the seven, eight figure level. Um, with just all my companies in general. Um, I have some companies that already do seven figures that have ownership in, but as far as like having my own brand that can do those kind of things, that's where I'm looking to go. And what I've learned is that the best way to do that is to help as many people as I can figure out how to do the same system in place that I have. Um, it's not a business that I would say you're going to be so excited as far as, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you look at it, dude. Like some people get excited just seeing money come in their account, right? Whereas right. people get excited for other other things. I think where I'm at now is that I've built it to a really good level. Um, I actually have three offers right now from people that currently want to buy my fleet from me um, already set up. So I'm considering a sell right now because the one of the offers I have, I can't, re I almost can't refuse it. Uh, the number is really good. I mean, it's it's over seven figures for the for what they want to buy the current fleet from. So I'm still transitioning, thinking about how I'm going to do that. But I guess I'm trying to manage the time of teaching people and helping them mm -hmm. do this while also still running a fleet. Um, that would probably be like the biggest thing, dude. But I think where I'm at now is that I could sell my fleet and I could go all in teaching people. And that would bring even more value and more purpose in life for me, knowing that I can give someone an opportunity who is struggling to find a way to make money in entrepreneurship and give them something that's actually stable, consistent that they can make money with. Yeah. I mean, just what you said there. I mean, if someone is wanting to buy your fleet for seven figures, whatever that number is, I think just, you know, I don't, I don't know you, you don't really know me, but firsthand right. I would say take it because it seems like you're way more passionate about teaching than actually managing the fleet itself. Right. And if money's an issue, you're getting the money for the fleet, you know, but you're going to be able to be more in all in on teaching people. And you have 60 students now that could double and then double again and then double again. And before you know it, your reach to people of how you've done what you've done is going to be infinitely greater. And your time is going to be more focused towards that. So from my initial perspective, I say do it, but of course it's up to you. <laughs> uh, I think I am dude. A hundred percent. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. So you know, going back on 
what you said. You know, you, you made six figures when you were 19, the first time you made it. You are potentially selling this for seven figures. And it all comes back to, I think, our definition of financial success and what that looks like. And I yeah. think everybody's definition is different. Everybody comes from different backgrounds. Everybody wants to be different 10, 20 years from now. What does financial success look like to you right now? And how do you predict that changing over time? Uh, so, yeah. So one of my goals was always to, okay. So like financial success for me right now would be able to be in a position where I can make a million dollars a year passively without actually having to lift a finger. Um, so I've, so that's what $83,000 a month income. Um, I would like my long-term goal is to make a million dollars a month. There's a lot of people in my industry, in the, in the program course industry, um, that are easily doing a million or more, uh, per month. Maybe, you know, like Dan Henry. Yeah. People like that. Right. So I've been at a lot of events with people like Dan Henry, people like that, that are in the online space. They're hitting those kind of numbers, like a million dollars plus with their education companies. Um, so I think that's where I want to be next is getting to that, that for me, that's the next level. Um, I know that if I want to make a million dollars passively a year, um, without having to do anything, I'm going to have to have at least $10 million cash, uh, to put into investments where I can make at least a 10% return in a, in a year, whether that's a mutual fund, whether that's, you know, whatever it is, real estate that I'm investing to. For me, that's where I'm going to be like, I made it. Cause you know, I've made seven figures already, but I've had to bust my ass to do that. Right. Right. And for me, I want to be able to make that income, but not have to bust my butt as much, uh, and build generational wealth, dude. I'm very passionate. Um, I'm, I have a girlfriend now, uh, we've gotten pretty close. We're pretty serious about our goals and building an empire and stuff like that. And you know, I want to pass on things to, I'm thinking about the future now about kids and things like that too. I'm 23 right. now. I'm your age, but, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about the future, dude. So for me, that would, that would be where it's at. I just want to take my education company to the eight figure level. I want to hit the eight figure award with click funnels and stuff like that. And that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah. I think that's awesome, man. And thank you for being transparent. Cause I think, you know, at the end of the day, just like you said, thinking about kids and building generational wealth, I think that's the, the why behind a lot of people's drive, you know, you can make all the money in the world, but you know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I want to share this with somebody. I want to share this with my kids, share this with my grandkids, something like that. And I think that's a really good goal to have because I think when you have that why that's that personal, it's, it holds a lot deeper than anything else than just doing it solely for the money, you know? So I think even at 23, yeah. I'm 23 too. It's, it's commendable to be able to think that way, especially in a world now that glorifies having things and showing off those things, you know, but I I think that's really commendable, but I appreciate your time, Alan. We're going to go and start wrapping up. And I feel like we talked about a lot about your business in general. So for those people out there who are new entrepreneurs or, or they're already in the game, what is your one piece of actionable advice they can take to be able to, you know, move that needle forward each and every day? Yeah. So look, I, so a lot of people I I hear on podcasts give really cliche uh, like advice about what people should be doing. I want to actually give something that I think is going to actually help people and actually 
going to be something that you could apply literally today and literally could change the game for your whole company or business. So I would say this, I have so many friends, dude, that are in different niches that are younger, younger people, like in their twenties or, or younger. Uh, and they're always coming to me every day asking like how they can be successful in business and stuff like that. My number one thing would be when you're creating your first company, right? Your first business, try to start a business that's based on people's needs keyword needs yep. versus their wants right so so many people i know are starting e-commerce stores and i don't have anything against that but it's like people don't need clothing people don't need uh, a designer watches or certain things that i see a lot of people in e-com trying to sell to people but people are always going to need transportation right the reason mm-hmm. why Uber and Lyft works is because people always need transportation. People always need to go from point A to point B. Look at what's making the most money right now. Toilet paper companies. People are always going to need toilet paper. People yep. are always going to need water. People are always going to need their grass cut. They're always going to need their trash collected, right? These are things that are essential things in the, in, in the world. In any country, right? This, this is universal. It doesn't just apply to the United States. These are things that people are always going to need. So if you start a business that supplies that to the population in the world, you're always going to have customers. You're never going to run out of clientele. You're never going to be looking, you know, unprepared when something like Corona happens where you're basically not supplying people. Because all my friends right now that are dealing with Corona, they're, the reason why their businesses are failing right now is because they're selling things that people in an emergency don't buy because they don't, they don't need it. Right. It's, they're just selling things that people quote unquote want. Right. I highly doubt that Louis Vuitton right now is selling a lot of their merchandise right now at the moment. Right. Right. But I guarantee you, like, I guarantee you anybody who's selling water bottles right now or selling like, I don't know, like mask or whatever, they're making millions of dollars right now. Mm-hmm. So my well, whole that, that point. Just, go ahead. Up, go ahead. No, you go. You go. Well, what I was going to say is just like Amazon, Amazon is halting all shipment of non-essential items until April. So all these people that, that are sell on Amazon, but they do FBA. So Amazon essentially houses their stuff. It's not getting shipped out. So just like you said, and especially in a time right now with coronavirus, even, even Amazon is stopping these entrepreneurs from making money because it's not a need right now. So just like you said, just, just reiterating that. So yeah, so the point in everything I'm saying, I mean, look, people at the end of the day, are always going to, why do, when you go into a grocery store, right? And let's pretend there's no Corona, right? Just in general, when you go to a grocery store and you go to the toilet paper section, for me, I like to use wipes. So I don't <laughs> buy toilet paper. But if you, go to, if you go to the toilet paper section, right? Do you debate whether you're going to buy it or not? No, you just buy it because you know you need to wipe your ass, right? Yep. So if you're an entrepreneur right now who who struggled in entrepreneurship or you're someone who's just starting for the first time, my advice to save you a lot of headache is start a business, be creative. That's going to basically supply things that people always need. If you do that, you will have a cash cow. Okay. And then later down the line, if you want to sell your own clothing line, your own, this, your own, that things that are luxuries to people go for it, dude. But I wouldn't recommend it as a first business. Because I, I, I struggled when I was 18, 19, trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And then I came into Uber and I realized, wait, people are always going to need transportation, right? Think about it. I was, I'm 23 now. 
Uber's only gone up. Transportation has only gone up. It's never went down. Right. But I've seen all my friends in e-com and all these other industries that have been roller coaster riding inconsistently because they're just supplying things that people want. Right. Right. Yep. So that's all I'm trying to say. Start a business based on people's needs first versus their wants. And you will have, you will have cash. That's all I can say. Yeah. Definitely listen to Alan's advice guys, because especially in a time like this where the economy might dip, people aren't going to be buying desires. They're going to be buying needs because they don't have the money to buy the desires. So definitely take that into account. Alan, appreciate your time, man. Where can my audience find you on social media? Yeah. So best way I'm very active on Instagram. I'm currently expanding my personal brand. My username is at, uh, and then my first name, which is a L a N and then H I D, which are the last three letters of my last name. You can send me a DM, reach out to me. If you're on Facebook, my name's Alan. My last name is Hidalgo H I D A L G O. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, but Facebook and Instagram are the best. And then if you're interested in anything I said about uh, my program, you can just reach out to me. Uh, my link is www.carfleetA.com. And uh, that's the best place to find me. Awesome. Yeah, reach out to Alan. Let him know what you thought about the episode. Reach out to him if you're interested in this business with Uber or Lyft, because that's definitely a cool business. And Alan, appreciate your time, man. You too, Brady. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.